Dear God, thank you for the day today and for the reading that we're going to do. We are now on chapter 23 of the book, The Desire of Ages. As we read, we ask for your guidance so that we may understand the message that you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, hello, friends. <laughs> you can, by the way, leave a message for me if you're listening on Spotify or if you see in the description part, there's a link there where you can leave a message. I'm not sure if it's available on other platforms, but on Spotify, I've seen it. So you might see it. And if you want to leave a message, I can feature that in the next episode. And if you want, you can leave a message. Yes. So that is basically the invitation. Now we were, we're going to dive right in to chapter 23 of the book, The Desire of Ages. And the title of this chapter is The Kingdom of God is at Hand. The Kingdom of God is at Hand. And this has no, I mean, the previous chapters usually have a, an introductory part. Uh, no, 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 not an introductory part, but a note at the footer, which says um, this chapter is based on certain verses. And this time, this chapter isn't, doesn't have that feature so perhaps um yeah so so this is like i don't know i don't know yet what this is all about but this is a rather short chapter so let's dive right in the kingdom of god is at hand okay jesus came into galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of god and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of god is at hand repent ye and believe the gospel that is found in Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. The Messiah's coming had been first announced in Judea, in the temple at Jerusalem. The birth of the forerunner had been foretold to Zacharias as he ministered before the altar. The forerunner here, by the way, that is that refers to John the Baptist. And in the previous chapter, you know that we have read the story of John the Baptist and how he was imprisoned and well, he was beheaded. Okay, so in the temple at Jerusalem, the birth of the forerunner, John the Baptist, had been foretold to Zacharias, who was his father, as Zacharias ministered before the altar. On the hills of Bethlehem, the angels had proclaimed the birth of Jesus. To Jerusalem, the Magi had come in search of him. In the temple, Simeon and Anna had testified to his divinity. So you actually... If you have been with us um, in the, the beginning of this journey, we have seen these stories. We have read these stories on Simeon and Anna, for example, um, testifying to the divinity of the baby Jesus when he was dedicated at the temple. Okay, Jerusalem and all Judea, that quote, had listened to the preaching of John the Baptist and the deputation from the Sanhedrin with the multitude, had heard his testimony concerning Jesus. In Judea, Christ had received his first disciples. It was in Judea. Here, much of his early ministry had been spent. The flashing forth of his divinity in the cleansing of the temple. The flashing forth of his divinity. That is interesting. Wait a minute. I'm going to highlight that. The flashing forth of his divinity in the cleansing of the temple. His miracles of healing. And the lessons of divine truth that fell from his lips all proclaimed that which after the healing at Bethesda he had declared before the Sanhedrin 
his sonship to the eternal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. If the leaders in Israel had received Christ, he would have honored them as his messengers to carry the gospel of the world. To the world, rather. To them, first, was given the opportunity to become heralds of the kingdom and grace of God. So they were actually given the opportunity, the leaders in Israel. But Israel knew not the time of her visitation. The jealousy, the jealousy, okay, there it is again. It always comes up. The jealousy and distrust of the Jewish leaders had ripened into open hatred, and the hearts of the people were turned away from Jesus. The Sanhedrin had rejected Christ's message and was bent upon his death. They wanted Jesus to die. Therefore, Jesus departed from Jerusalem, from the priests, the temple, the religious leaders, the people who had been instructed in the law, and turned to another class. What is this another class? Another class to proclaim his message and to gather out those who should carry the gospel to all nations. As the light of life, of men, as the light and life of men was rejected by the ecclesiastical authorities in the days of Christ, so it has been rejected in every succeeding generation. Ooh, interesting. Again and again, the history of Christ's withdrawal from Judea had been repeated. When the reformers preached the word of God, they had no thought of separating themselves from the established church but the religious leaders would not tolerate the light and those that bore it were forced to seek another class who were longing for the truth now this is very interesting in our day few of the professed followers of the reformers are actuated by their spirit few are listening for the voice of god and ready to accept truth in whatever guise it may be presented. Often, those who follow in the footsteps of the reformers are forced to turn away from the churches they love. Uh, yeah. Often, again, often those who follow in the footsteps of the reformers are forced to turn away from the churches they love in order to declare the plain teaching of the word of God. And many times, those who are seeking for light are by the same teaching obliged to leave the church of their fathers that they may render obedience. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Again, many times, those who are seeking for light are by the same teaching obliged to leave the church of their fathers that they may render obedience because the the church of their fathers, well, um, it's corrupted. Uh, so it's hardening its heart. The people of Galilee were despised by the rabbis of Jerusalem as rude and unlearned, unlearned. Yet they presented a more favorable field for the Savior's work. They were most earnest and sincere less under the control of bigotry. Their minds were more open for the reception of truth. In going to Galilee, Jesus was not seeking seclusion or isolation. The province was, at this time, the home of a crowded population 
with a much larger admixture of people of other nations than was found in Judea. So, yeah. So Galilee had a diverse population. As Jesus traveled through Galilee, teaching and healing, multitudes flocked to him from the the cities and villages. Many came even from Judea and the adjoining provinces. Often he was obliged to hide himself from the people. The enthusiasm ran so high that it was necessary to take precautions, lest the Roman authorities should be aroused to fear an insurrection. Never before had there been such a period as this for the world. Yeah, heaven was brought down to men. Hungering and thirsting souls that had waited long for the redemption of Israel now feasted upon the grace of a merciful Savior. Wow. So so many, many people are already being drawn to Jesus. <laughs> Here is a, an interesting line. Often he was obliged to hide himself from the people. The, the people were so enthusiastic about seeing him. The burden of Christ's preaching was... The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Thus, the gospel message as given by the Savior himself was based on the prophecies. Interesting. The time, quote-unquote, which he declared to be fulfilled was the period made known by the angel Gabriel to Daniel. Seventy weeks, said the angel are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness and to seal up the vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. That is found in Daniel chapter 9, verse 24. A day, one day in prophecy, stands for a year. See Numbers 14, verse 34, and Ezekiel chapter 4, verse 6. The 70 weeks, or 490 days, represent 490 years. So again, 70 weeks, and in one week, there are 7 days. So 70 times 7, that's 490 days. 490 days represent 490 years because a day equals one year in prophecy. A starting point for this period is given. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. So what is three score? One score is uh, 20. Wait, (laughs) I forgot. Okay, so again, again, again. Um, from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah, the Prince shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. Okay. Yeah. Now I get it. So one score is uh, 20. Three score is 20 times three. 20 times three is uh, 60. So you have seven weeks plus 60 plus two, seven plus 60 plus two. That is 69 weeks. Right, right. Okay. Or 483 years. Wait, wait, wait. So again, let's write the numbers. So that's 69 weeks. 69 times 7 is equal to 
483. So 69 weeks equals 483 days. But a day, again, in prophecy is a, a year. So 7, I mean, I mean, 483 years equals, equals, I mean, 483 days equals 483 years. So this was the period from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem up to the Messiah, the Prince. So actually, this is a prophecy when the Messiah should come. So if the if the Israelites really studied the prophecies in the book of Daniel, then they would have understood that, in fact, Jesus was indeed the Messiah because he came right on time, right on time. Okay, so by the way, that previous verse with 483 years, that's uh, Daniel 9.25. The commandment to restore and build Jerusalem as completed by the decree of Artaxerxes, Longinus, see Ezra 6.14, chapter 7, 1, and verse 9. Okay, so the, the decree, the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem, because Jerusalem was destroyed, the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem as completed by the decree of Artaxerxes, Longinus went into effect in the autumn of BC 457. Okay, this is according to history. From this time, 483 years extend to the autumn of AD 27. So BC 457 plus 483 years, for, uh, BC 457, that is from history. 483 years, that is, um, what's that? The head is the what's in Daniel 9.25. That's the period from the going forth of that commandment to restore and build Jerusalem up to the coming of the Messiah, the Prince. So that is, uh, that brings us from BC 457, that brings us to AD 27, right? Now, it's important if you want to calculate this, that 483, it's going to be 483 minus 457 and uh, that brings you to, that gives you the number um, 26. But remember that in the, in the BC here, there's a, you can, you add one year because essentially there is, in this number line, there's no zero year. There's no year zero. So you, you jump from BC to AD. So you add a number one. So that bring, brings you to AD 27. Okay. Now, according to the prophecy, this period was to reach to the Messiah, the Anointed One. In AD 27, Jesus at his baptism received the anointing of the Holy Spirit and soon afterward began his ministry. Then the message was proclaimed, the time is fulfilled. Now that is unmistakable. So there is, <laughs> there is literally no reason for people not to believe that, I mean, that Jesus was the Messiah, the promised one of the Old Testament, because this has been prophesied. I mean, there are exact numbers, okay? Then said the angel, he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. So one week equals seven days, and a day equals a year in prophecy, so that means seven years. So he shall confirm the covenant with many for seven years. For seven years after the Savior entered on his ministry, the gospel was to be preached especially to the Jews for three and a half years by Christ himself. 
that's half of the seven years, and afterward by the apostles. Wow, this is very rich. In the midst of the week, in the half of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease that's found in Daniel 9.27. So what is the midst of the week? The midst of the week, that's, I mean, the week is seven years. The midst of that is 3.5 years. Yeah. And and that's from 80.27. So in the spring of 80.31, in the spring of 80.31, Christ, the true sacrifice, was offered on Calvary. Then the veil of the temple was rent in twain, rent in two, two pieces, showing that the sacredness and significance of the sacrificial service, the sanctuary service, had departed upon the death of Christ. Yeah, the time had come for the earthly sacrifice and oblation to cease. So everything is in the right time. The one week or seven years ended in AD 34. Then, by the stoning of Stephen, the Jews finally sealed their rejection of the gospel. The disciples who were scattered abroad by persecution went everywhere preaching the word. That's Acts, Acts chapter 8 verse 4. And shortly after, Saul the persecutor was converted and became Paul the apostle to the Gentiles. The time of Christ's coming, his anointing by the Holy Spirit, his death, and the giving of the gospel to the Gentiles were definitely pointed out. Yeah, right. Again, the time of Christ's coming, that is um, his uh, declaration that he is the Son of God in AD 27 during his uh, baptism. Yeah. Yeah. His anointing by the Holy Spirit, his death, and the giving of the gospel to the Gentiles was were definitely pointed out. His death was in eighty, um, in the middle of the week. That is eighty thirty one, and uh, the giving of the gospel to the Gentiles was eighty thirty four. So everything is on on point on time. It was the privilege of the Jewish people to understand these prophecies, indeed, and to recognize their fulfillment in the mission of Jesus. Christ urged upon his disciples the importance of prophetic study referring to the prophecy given to daniel in regard to their time he said whoso readeth let him understand matthew 24 15. after his resurrection he explained to the disciples quote-unquote all the prophets the things concerning himself luke chapter 24 verse 27 the savior had spoken through all the prophets Whoa, the savior had spoken through all the prophets the spirit of christ was in them testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. 1 Peter 1.11 So you see, there are actually many verses here that are the basis for this chapter. It was not written in the footnote because there are really many and they are all throughout the Bible. They're just not, you know, in, in one string of, uh, in one string or paragraph or, or, or a chapter in the Bible. That's why it wasn't noted in the footnote because there are so many references here. And I invite you to read this again so that everything will sink in. Okay. It was Gabriel. It was Gabriel, the angel next in rank to the Son of God. So now Gabriel is the one next in rank to the Son of God who came with the divine message to Daniel. It was Gabriel, his angel, whom Christ sent to open the future to the beloved John. John the 
John the Beloved, John the Revelator, John who wrote the book of Revelation, and, and John who wrote the gospel. The gospels. I mean, yeah, the gospel of John. Okay, so it was the angel Gabriel who revealed all these things to Daniel and to John the Beloved. And a blessing is pronounced on those who read and hear the words of the prophecy and keep the things written therein. Revelation 1 3. The Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth he revealeth his secret unto his servants the prophets. While the secret things belong unto the Lord our God, those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever. Amos chapter 3, verse 7, and Deuteronomy 29, 29. God has given these things to us, and his blessing will attend the reverent, prayerful study of the prophetic scriptures. As the message of Christ's first advent announced the kingdom of his grace, so the message of his kingdom, so the message of his second advent. Wait, I have another caller for the second coming. Let me just fetch my... All right. So, as the message of the first advent announced the kingdom of his grace, so the second advent, advent, so the message of the second advent announces the kingdom of his glory. So the first was the kingdom of grace, and the second is the kingdom of glory. And the second message, like the first, is based on the prophecies. The words of the angel to Daniel relating to the last days were to be understood in the time of the end. At that time, many, quote unquote, many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. The wicked shall do wickedly and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Daniel chapter 12 verses 4 and 10. The Savior himself has given signs of his coming and he says, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, so that the day come upon you unawares. Watch ye therefore and pray always. Okay, so this is the advice. Watch ye therefore and pray always that he may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Luke chapter 21, 31 and 34 and 36. We have reached the period foretold in these scriptures. Wow. The time of the end is come and visions of the prophets are unsealed and their solemn warnings point us to the Lord's coming in glory as near at hand. The Jews misinterpreted and misapplied the word of God, and they knew not the time of their visitation, the years of the ministry of Christ and his apostles, the precious last years of grace to the chosen people. They spent in plotting the destruction of the Lord's messengers. Yeah, that is so sad, right? Earthly ambitions absorbed them. Huh. And the offer of the spiritual kingdom came to them in vain. So today, the kingdom of this world absorb men's thoughts. Ah, so this is the application. So today the kingdom of this world absorbs men's thoughts and they take no note of the rapidly fulfilling prophecies and the tokens of the swift coming kingdom of God. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are the children of light, and the children of the day we are not of the night nor of darkness 
while we are not to know the hour of our Lord's return, we may know when it is near. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. <sighs> that is the end. First Thessalonians 5, 4 to 6. That is the end of the chapter. It's short. We're 24 minutes into this recording. Wow, just wow. So this is a very rich chapter, though it may be, sh be short. It establishes the timing and the the prophetic fulfillment of Jesus. Uh, and and that, that, according to prophecy, uh, I mean, it just tells us that he is truly the promised Messiah. There's no one else. And also... Also, just as the, the events that are associated with his first advent on earth, first coming on earth, are already given in the scriptures, so are the events coming or that will come um, as his second coming is nearing. All those things are described in the Bible as well. So we will be unpacking all those signs and wonders in the future chapters of this book, I think, and also in the other writings, inspired writings, that we will be diving, um, I mean, delving deep into, I think, next year, perhaps, because the first half of the year next year will be dedicated to the Old Testament. Uh, so now we are starting with the life of Jesus and the Desire of Ages, and then by next year, it's going to be early next year, it's going to be on the Old Testament and seeing all, I mean, revisiting uh, patriarchs and prophets and prophets and kings. And then we perhaps, I don't know yet, the plans of Pastor David Asherick, but we might also be reading the Great Controversy. Uh, but first of all, Acts of the Apostles and then the Great Controversy, where everything about the end times, um, th that's where you find all these gems about the end times. So the question now is, what is, um, what is the word for the day? I don't know yet. I um, I'm thinking of prophecy, prophetic. Um, there's time, but we, but we already used on time because when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, right? Uh, so that already, I mean, here this is a very rich. In terms of the time because this is time prophecy but there also is that you know this is about prophecy and yeah i think i think um i'm gonna use that the word prophecy because the, i mean that's what emphasized here and uh yeah i don't know i don't know yet i'm not really sure but because time is the word that it, um is ringing in my ears but again, again, um, time, well, we used that already. Well, we used on time, but I want to do prophecy because this also emphasizes, uh, yeah, this also emphasizes the prophecies that are concerning the second coming. And yes, okay, prophecy it is. And uh, prophecy is important to study the prophecies. Yeah, and um, while the Bible is rich with, of course, the story, the whole story, there's a big picture of the great controversy between God, who has been accused by Satan as someone who is, uh, you know, manipulative, as someone who is, who just wants uh, 
pleasure for himself and who just wants to be appeased and all of those bad things. Uh, yeah. And Jesus was here to fulfill, I mean, to to show people what God really is like um, in terms of his character and how he deals with things when things are ugly, right? That I mean, Jesus just showed all that. This is also important. This is an important part of what you can find in the Bible because it's not it's not just encouragement. It's not just um, prayers. It's not just advice. It's not just uh, expounding the story, but it sets everything. I mean, everything in the story is according to a certain timeline. There is a chronology right there. And there is a plan of rescue. Okay, so not we're not just going to suffer forever. And that's one good news too. There is a plan of rescue, ladies and gentlemen. And that plan of rescue has been outlined in a certain timeline. It has been revealed to the prophets of old. And then the, the disciples only later understood them by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. When they studied the Old Testament scriptures, remember their what they studied, there was no New Testament in exist in existence. Sorry, there was no New Testament in existence in the time of the disciples. The disciples were the ones who wrote the New Testament, and what they actually studied were the Old Testament. I already emphasized this in the previous chapters in the earlier ones, but I want to re-emphasize this that you know you ask, um, why are we studying? The book of Daniel, that's part of the Old Testament, That's that might not be relevant. But the thing is that these were the very scriptures that the, the disciples and Christ himself showed people that everything, when, he, when Jesus said that you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are which testify of me. These are, these are the scriptures that testify of me. So everything in the Old Testament... We're pointing to Jesus. In fact, all the sacrificial services in the in the temple, everything, all of them, we discussed this a bit in the previous chapters, that everything about them, everything about them pointed to Jesus. Jesus was the lamb, but Jesus was the, the sacrifice. Jesus is the light of the world. He's the bread. Oh, we will come to that in a future chapter here in the book of the Desire of Ages, where everything in the temple, the light, the bread, the water, Everything there pointed to Jesus. All those things are types or symbols of Jesus, which brings me, which reminds me, the types and symbols that is, uh, you would see that um, in, in the writings of Ellen White, that all these types and symbols were just, all these pointed to Jesus. And there's an interesting um, group of people who call themselves now the types and symbols, and they produce um beautiful beautiful um printing of uh, the uh the the entire conflict of the age of series and they call it the conflict beautiful and they have um you know updated some of the words that were um you know old english or used in the time of ellen white that's not used anymore in our time for example the word intercourse and um yeah it, it, it refers to like social interaction and so they they updated all that and they packaged them beautifully in books in separate books the five books of the conflict of the ages series now they call that the conflict beautiful you have patriarchs and prophets prophets and kings the desire of ages 
Acts of the Apostles and the Great Controversy. And we are reading the Desire of Ages. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> as I was saying, everything in um, the Old Testament is important, including the time prophecies, especially the prophecy of Daniel, but because that pointed to, I mean, specific timelines. And that that also gives, you know, evidence of Jesus coming. Remember, when if you think about this in the context of a, the mind of an Israelite, the mind of a Jew who read the prophecies of Daniel before but did not really understand, did not really understand all those numbers. But then when they see that everything was fulfilled by Jesus, those exact numbers, then just imagine how their faith would be strengthened if they just do not reject Jesus. So in this chapter, it was also emphasized that if only the leaders, if only the Jewish leaders opened their hearts and they did not, if only they did not, if only they lowered their pride, right? If only they humbled themselves and studied the scriptures again, they would see that they were in the wrong in terms of the interpretation of the scriptures because what they thought was that all those um, those texts that pointed to the second coming, the kingdom of glory, the second coming of Jesus, they thought, I mean, of the Messiah, okay? Remember, they don't, they don't think Jesus was the Messiah. Everything that pointed to the second coming of the, of the Messiah, they thought that was, that pointed to the first coming. And so, and so in the second coming, that's already the kingdom of glory where, the messiah would come i mean would, would come to earth and reign as king right it would overthrow everything else and there's a prophecy also about that in the book of daniel 2 and yeah i mean daniel chapter 2 and uh, we might come to that later now but but they thought um that's gonna be for the first coming but they did not understand that i mean there are those aspects of their prophecies that pointed to and describe the suffering of the Messiah in his first advent. And that included all those things that spoke about him being the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Being a lamb led to the slaughter. They did not understand that. So, yeah. And they did not get the part, the kingdom of grace. So, if they only study the scriptures, if they only humble themselves... And listen to what Jesus himself has testified about himself, that everything about the Old Testament, everything, they don't call it the Old Testament, everything about the scriptures, because that, that's the only scriptures that they had in their time. So everything that they they would read from the scriptures, everything right there, everything right there pointed to Jesus. If they only humbled themselves and studied the Old Testament enough, then they would realize that, in fact, this all these things have been fulfilled by Jesus. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a very rich chapter. So, in our day and age, and as an extended application, we don't just study the New Testament because we, we really can't understand the, the whole context of the New Testament if we don't study the Old Testament. And in fact, David Asherick would always, always point this out in uh, his uh, recent um, sermons that the 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 uninspired page in the bible is the page 
that blank page that divides the Old Testament and the New Testament. And he would tear that part out or at least fold it. Because really, there, there, there should be no division in the sense that, okay, we are now in this generation. Should we just study the New Testament? No. We can't understand even the very first chapter, even the very first chapter of Matthew, the first chapter of the New Testament, without understanding really, um, you know, the Old Testament. because. In the first chapter of Matthew, it says there that, okay, I mean, the begats, okay, the, uh, and Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob. You find it in the first chapter, right? And you don't really understand, we don't really understand who are these people and why are they relevant if you haven't read their story, their backstory in the Old Testament. And really, there's no sense um, in which in which the concept of salvation is presented in the New Testament if you don't understand why there is sin in the first place and what happened in Genesis chapter 3. So if you don't um, study the Old Testament, you, the New Testament won't, won't make any sense. And here's an important thing. In Revelation 2, which is part of the Old, of the New Testament rather, there are so many symbolisms right there. There are so many symbols right there that point back to the symbols in the Old Testament, to the symbols of the sanctuary service in you can't possibly know the true meaning of those things in Revelation if you don't come back to what what um, those symbols were, what their roles were in the Old Testament. So that is a really, <laughs> this has been a rich like reading and understanding. And I hope that you read for yourself chapter 23 of the book, The Desire of Ages, so that you would recap all those numbers i just quickly breezed through them the numbers yeah and in fact you can cross examine this with history the the bc 457 and the ad 27 all those numbers all those dates in history and so you would you yourself would verify that wow everything just pointed to jesus okay so that's it um yeah so this would appeal to people who would love to try to prove things according to logic and according to history according to facts according to math okay and i hope that enriched your um intellectual understanding as well as your spiritual understanding too of uh, the big picture of things here right okay so thank you so much and uh yeah we are gonna close now thank you thank you and let's pray dear god in heaven thank you so much for the guidance of your spirit that allowed us to um just tie everything and you know bring into our minds the previous i mean this has been refreshing to me too because i've learned this but i have not really been you know trying to dive deep into the numbers and everything but it was easier this time because it was revealed in a manner here that was enlightening and it was clear and we thank you for the insights that you have given through your spirit so it's amazing it's amazing and uh, i hope that every listener here would consider also um yeah by next year 2022 study the old testament as well right so we'll we'll finish first this whole book the desire of ages and we thank you for the strength that you've given us to be able to really um do this in the morning and in the evening we just had a special episode last um yesterday evening and yeah and i hope that Every listener here would be able to, you know, just uh, dive deep into this. This is such an amazing, amazing chapter for me. 
Every chapter, I think, is amazing. And thank you for the prophecy for providing for providing vision and light to the prophets. Because through them, you have given us the message that everything that you have planned and that you have revealed to us, you have revealed through the prophets. And we thank you for that. We thank you for the revelation that you've given us of the things that are actually essential for us and for strengthening our faith according to this. So everything is on time. Everything is right on time. You are essentially... I mean, while you do not control things in the in a, in a manner that you know just manipulates, but you are still the driver in the sense that we can be. I mean, <laughs> if you're if you don't care, like if you don't have a plan, then you um we we're we're in this like uh, we're just gonna be rolling and rolling and rolling and we don't know what what's gonna happen. But um, at least you you have a plan. And you have a plan of rescue, and that's amazing, okay? And that, you know, whatever happens, everything's going to be all right anyway. So whatever happens, in whether we're poor or we're rich or whatever, whatever happens, it doesn't matter anymore. Because, um, yeah, <laughs> this is the priority right now. Like, yeah, we're in good hands because there is a plan. There is a plan of ultimate rescue, and that's, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, and we don't take thought for tomorrow or whatever we eat because you provide for us whatever we need and that's it that's it and, uh, even if we don't feel uh, very good we don't have to wait to feel good to claim your promises and we just continually have to examine ourselves if we have done wrong or whatever it is <laughs> that's causing us to actually suffer yeah which is connected for, to like yesterday's chapter no this morning's chapter which is about um, the suffering that, you know, the suffering that we induce to ourselves and the suffering that we experience because Satan hates us. And we thank you for the suffering that we go through. I mean, for allowing us to go through all these things and for weighing them before you allow them to happen to us because there has no temptation taken us, but such as is common to men and you are faithful in that you would not, you know, um, if you, but God is faithful that He would not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. So essentially, that that verse, yeah. So you're not, you do not let us suffer anything above that we are able. So everything that we are experiencing right now means that you know <laughs> everything about this. I mean, we are able, whether we are in straight place. I mean, curved places or straight places rough places or smooth places it's gonna be fine and we thank you for that and yeah thank you for all your provisions and in jesus name we pray amen